Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. Today, we're learning about the Greater Erie Economic Development Corporation, or GDIC, and Gerald Blanks, he's the uh, chief executive officer, is with us. Thank you, Gerald, for coming down to the station here. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for having me. All right. So uh, we kind of we ran into each other at, uh, I think it was the, the, the nonprofit day, and, uh, and it... it you know, I've been hearing about GDIC for many, many years and always wanted to know, like, okay, what exactly uh, that it does. But before we go there, I want to find out about you. Sure. And so uh, let's talk about your career. Where did where'd you where'd you come up? Where did you grow up? Uh, what high school did you go to? And so on. You Very know? good. So, again, thanks for having me this afternoon. I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. Uh, a lot of people um, – I've heard of Akron, Ohio, uh, home of uh, the Cleveland uh, Cavs and Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Yes. So um, uh, the big thing for me is I'm originally from Barberton, Ohio. A okay. A lot of people haven't heard of Barberton. It's a suburb of Akron. Yeah. And uh, uh, came to Gannon University by virtue of a community college. I went to a community college in southwest Iowa called Iowa Western Community College. And, so why uh, did you go to Iowa? Did you to go play ball? Yes, or? I, I came right out of high school, and uh, I wanted another opportunity to expose myself in terms of uh, my athletic talent. And, and so did Barberton have a decent team? Uh, we we were a powerhouse. Uh, you, were you back okay. in the back in the eighties, seventies, uh, and eighties? Uh, Barberton High School uh, legendary coach Jack Grenolds. He was uh, uh, our coach for many many years, and to play there it was a uh, it was a hostile environment. <laughs> Uh, for opposing teams. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it was very, very good. Very, very highly competitive area. Gotcha. Well, so so you went to Iowa for what would be like junior college That's or correct. community college so I'm a to product, play ball. Okay. Yes, I'm a product of uh, the community college system. So I went to wow. Iowa Western Community College, uh, graduated there in 1988 with a, an associate's in arts degree in business. And then I came to Gannon. I was recruited to come to uh, Gannon and play for the Golden Knights uh, in their heyday, and uh, that worked out really well. And, and Tom Chapman yes, recruited you. That's correct. Now that is a name in Erie history for yes. basketball. Yes. So Tom Chapman uh, and John Ruby, who was his assistant coach, uh, they they uh, recruited me to come to Gannon. And again, I came there in '88, and boy, it was what a phenomenal place to come. I mean, mm. think about back in 1987 for those of the people, the, the listeners out there, back in '87. When Gannon had just came off of uh, the national championship game playing uh, Kentucky Wesleyan, I came in that following summer. Wow! Uh, and boy, there were men at that program. And they were. I came in down there. And there were nine traditional students. Say, well, uh, where, what's your name? And so there's a couple of guys. I mean, 27, 28 years old. Is man, that you're right? Full fledged man. I'm, I'm just a, a college student down here, but it was what a breeding ground for great basketball. Mm. And uh, and I would imagine the Hammer Mill Center used to rock yeah, when playing those games. That's huh? putting it mildly. So I mean, you know, one of the things that that was really very special about Erie is that uh, being um, uh, a student athlete uh, to play at Gannon University and having young children come up to you and wanting your autograph, you felt like a celebrity. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the big thing for that was uh, it's just so great to give back and be able to get a quality education 
all the while playing a sport that you love and grew up with all your life. So what was your major at Gannon? What did you end up getting the BA I my, in? I got okay. my deg- uh, degree in marketing and business. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. And so where did that where did that take you out after school then? Yeah, so after school, I took a, probably about uh, 14 years before I went back to go get my master's degree. Okay. I, I found out that uh, having a bachelor's degree wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back under the tutelage of uh, R. Benjamin Wiley. I, I worked at GCAC for a number of years. And, you were uh, in human resources? Oh, that was, the, that like was my last, last job. My last yeah. job there, I was associate vice president. Did you do resources. any uh, direct uh, casework, though, when uh, you were there? When, when I, I had a very long tenure. I worked at uh, the Greater Area Economic or Greater Area Community Action Committee yeah. uh, for about 25 years. And so wow. my earlier days, I, I worked as a drug and alcohol counselor right okay. uh, when I first came out of Gannon. Um, and then I went from that, I went to welfare to work programs and I was a caseworker in that. Yes. So I, I began to ascend in the management realms. And, uh, and once I started in, in those, uh, various tiers, uh, I, Things were really good for me, so. Well, I, I, it, you know, and again, uh, you know, GCAC is one another one of those uh, multiple la- letters. Do we know everything that it does? Maybe, maybe not. And, and what people have to understand is that there's all these federal programs, mm-hmm. and somebody needs to be the agent Correct. to to uh, to make that happen. And so, so like your drug and alcohol program when you were a counselor there was that coming straight out of like. Uh, uh, what would that have? What pro, was that a DHS kind of program? Yeah, or? so uh, most of our programs uh, at GCAC at that time were grant funded programs. Oh, so, so they had to actually. So we were we received get grant a grant. funding okay. from uh, the the state. Gotcha. And as a as a product of that, we would run programs, various mm-hmm. programs uh, for a myriad of different things in the drug and alcohol arena. So uh, I was a drug and alcohol uh, counselor, and I really enjoyed that. A very stressful work, though. You know. I didn't go to school for that, but yes. it was an opportunity for me to get my foot in the door at GCAC at the time. And so I took that and uh, ran with that for probably about a year and a half yeah. uh, before my career started to take a different uh, a different trajectory. What was your What was your favorite role there at GCAC, do you think? Hands down, it was uh, being the Associate Vice President uh, of, of Human Resources. I would say that, uh, and if I could back up just a little bit, when I was the Executive Assistant to the Chief Executive Officer, I and worked that's, under— That's Benjamin Ryan. Yeah, that Riley, was right yeah. under— That was where I learned most of my business, uh, business acumen— uh, Ben Wiley, uh, for those that are listening and, and that may have known him, uh, was an extraordinary man. And uh, he taught you. He, he was tough, but he was very, very fair. Uh, and I feel like I learned a lot of uh, what he was trying to teach uh, in the early days. And so it stuck with me. And I, I just hope today that I'm doing enough of the right things to make him proud, even though uh, – uh, I say that posthumously, of course. Yes, yeah, oh, and again, uh, he is one of the 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 leaders uh, in Erie history yes. as far as making an impact uh, in the community. Can you talk about the clientele that that would access services? At GCAC, you know, again, so people don't realize that you could be an older person. You might, you might be in recovery, like Correct. maybe what you dealt with early on. Uh, but it, it also is just simple things like um, fixing your house up, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, some of the uh, what is it, uh, uh, winterization yes, kinds of have. things. Yeah. Now uh, that was in my my former life when yes, I was at yeah. GCAC. Uh, but uh, yeah, they have a lot of different programs, and so. Uh, it's all designed to help uh, citizens of Erie County 
to really get to a better place in life. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, that's been, uh, I last worked at GCAC back in 2019. And, uh, yes. uh so now currently I'm, uh, the, the chief executive of, uh, GDIC. And so, GDIC. uh, so we don't have much of an affiliation with one another, uh, right. however, but, uh, you know, having worked at GCAC, uh, what a, what a great thing they do in the community in terms of helping out those that are less served. One, one more question yes. about that, because being in HR, I think people are, are not understanding that it takes a lot of people. When you're doing that people-on-people interface, mm-hmm. that's a big deal, and it takes a special person. And oftentimes, especially when you're dealing with grant money, yes. there's not a ton to pay. Right. It's not like people are like getting these huge salaries to do that person-on-person casework. That is correct. Uh, how do is, is is the system working, or is it? Do you think it's broken? And again, you're dealing with HR, so you're like trying to make sure that they can get benefits, or you know, and get their time off and all that. Well, a lot of people say that if you want to work in social services, you're not going to get rich. So yeah. uh, clearly, I'm uh, I wasn't rich then. I'm not rich now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the the idea there is uh, being able to help people where they are at the at the time. So. What I really loved about HR is every day was very, very different. Um, uh, It's not a cookie cutter type of an industry. So uh, some days are light, some days not so much. I mean, you do everything from hiring to terminations to dealing with workers' compensation and the the whole uh, myriad of things that 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 encompasses. So I really enjoyed working in HR. It was something, and I do believe a lot of people say you have to be a people person. You do because it's a it's a people element. Right. Uh, but there are certainly there are introverts that do really really well in HR as well. Well, you and you're solving problems yes. for the the workers that you're trying to keep going and keep enthusiastic about their jobs. That's correct. And Gerald, I want I want to uh, kind of hear your story of getting involved with GDIC, and uh, and we'll move into uh, some of the some of the cool things that GDIC is all about these days. But uh, at some point, you were uh, you know were put on the board Correct. of of the uh, corporation there. Yes, in two thousand and eight, I became a board member, and I served in that capacity as a, as a board member, uh, probably for about. 10 to 12 years. So in 2020, I became the board chair. Okay. Uh, and then I was named its CEO in 2021, in March of 2021. So uh, things have worked out pretty well for me at this point. That's that's amazing. And so if there, if you could describe, and I, I, you know, I pulled a, a little bit of uh, background information, but we're talking about GDIC uh, supporting and advocating for the improvement of communication, education, and job opportunities for minorities and individuals in the Erie community. Can you unpack that for me? Yeah, so essentially what what our mission is, is to help um, new business startups for minorities and women, uh, because traditionally what happens is you don't have uh, those populations do well in terms of business startups and Mm -hmm. having capital and the like, uh, so that they can get off to a really good start. So uh, for 47 years uh, since our inception in uh, 1974, uh, we've uh, come together to uh, put forth programs to help new business uh, entrepreneurs, um, existing business startup capital. Uh, and then we started taking a turn towards educational scholarships to help uh, college students or aspiring college students uh, get their post-secondary uh, degrees. So. Uh, What's been, the money stream on this? Do you guys get grants yourself, or no, how does so, that work? Good question. So, uh, what we had when when GDIC was uh, started back in 1974, 
we own 10% of Erie Cablevision. So, oh my uh, goodness. So we own 10%, and so we had 10%. J. Robert Baldwin owned 9%. Uh, the Erie Times News owned, uh, I want to say, 28%. And the other 53% or something, I, I forget who that, that went, the lion's share went to. But um, So we own 10%. That wasn't Vince Riddickus, was it? I That's, do not believe okay. so. Okay, that might have been I was born it. in 68, so, I, <laughs> so it's going to be tough. There, there, was, there, 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 was, there was some cable. Yes. I, I don't, I don't I, this is not to be disrespectful, but there were cable moguls yes. here in town when that, when that was all coming up in the early eighties, okay. you know, there were certain people that, that did pretty well with mm-hmm. cable, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. So, so, so they were, uh, they were start, they kind of started into the cable business. That's correct. So that's interesting. Yeah, so we did. So we, we had, um, we were in, in the cable business and in 2013, uh, we sold our cable stock. Oh, okay. Uh, and as a result of that. We had revenue that sure. we operate from that, uh, from that, uh, the sale of that stock. So, uh, no, we don't get grant uh, grant funds at this time. And a lot of a lot of times, people ask how how do we acquire our our, uh, uh, our revenue, and that's how the, how we acquired it. So it's basically you've almost got like an endowment to do this work. That's correct. Like. That's correct. That's really cool. Yes. So uh, you're involved with real estate. You're involved with uh, startups. Uh, talk about the availability of capital. I mean, again, uh, I think it, your point is very well taken as far as, um, you know, not, you know, minority uh, business owners have not always had that opportunity for capital. Do you think that that's improving now? Well, I think it's, uh, I think we're on our way. You know, Joel, yeah. one of the big things, uh, it's, it's such a, a giant step. Uh, the biggest thing for us is to make sure that we are the beacon in the minority community to help mm. uh, advancements for people of color and women that have traditionally had uh, problems and struggle with getting uh, uh, a start to get their business off the ground. So we're really excited about the fact that we've teamed up with uh, organizations like the Erie Community Foundation to create this We Believe in Erie Fund. And I'll tell you what, what a great community partner we have in them. Uh, they're great community partners and uh, one of the things that we've been able to establish back in April of this year of 2021, I should say, I'm sorry, 2022. It's already, yeah. yeah. So um, they came to us to say, what can we do to improve the lot of minorities and women in Erie County on the heels of all that was going on in the country at that time? So you mm-hmm. had the George Floyd murders and you had all this uh, racial tension and, and civil unrest. And so... They didn't just want to throw money to a, a problem. They said, "What can we do to make a to become a, a real catalyst for helping GEDIC, um get to a better place so that we can improve our community?" Yeah. So they put up uh, a million dollars uh, for that uh, effort. Um, asked GEDIC if we would also put in a uh, million dollars, and we agreed to do that with the end goal of setting up an endowment uh, to to uh, raise another an additional million dollars. So. Uh, I'm pleased to say at this point in time, we've uh, been able to uh, grow that fund to $3 million with a 4% endowment. So, and that's all for the We Believe in Erie Fund, which is going to uh, help minorities and women uh, get into pre-apprenticeship training. It's going to help with educational scholarships for, uh, for aspiring college students. And it's also uh, going to help with uh, internships for college students that come home in the summers um, that work in a specific business or industry that we'd like to keep here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Because one of the big things that happens, they get their degrees and they said, there's nothing here and they leave. 
So we believe in Erie is exactly that. We believe in Erie. We want to. Have you have you experienced that in your own family too? Of like the kids kind of. Yes, I I would say that because what happens uh, what happens Joel is that you know Erie is a wonderful place. I mm-hmm. always say that it's what a wonderful place to to grow a family. Uh, you have the four seasons. Yeah, lots of reasons in the United States don't have that, and if, mm-hmm. uh, they have it, but they don't they don't get the snow. They don't get the the fall and the whole bit. So. Uh, the four seasons, the beautiful sunsets. What a great place to live, work, and play. Understood. So, you but know, the jobs yes. are the thing. Yeah, the jobs are the thing. So, what we're what we're facing right now is what we're trying to do is we're trying to put together, uh, create pathways for people to really uh, inject themselves into the local arena and, and do whatever it is that they want to do. If you want to be a business owner, you can be a business owner. Here's how you do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now there's some specific tasks that we have to put uh, people through to to ensure that there's they're going to be successful, and we're here for that. But there's so many things that we can do to improve the lot of, of others, and uh, we're well on our way. Do you feel that there is a strong infrastructure as far as support, like because it's more than just money when you when you're launching a business, you need to have that mentorship. Correct. You need to, you need to be looking, uh, you know, kind of walking with someone that's been down this road before. Absolutely, I, I, it's akin to teaching a young child how to ride a bike. Yeah. Right? So you get on the bike, they, they get on, they take the training wheels off, and before you know it, they fall down, they skin their knees. Mm-hmm. So. It's the same thing with becoming a business owner. You put people in positions to win. You show them how you have financial literacy classes. You put them in different things where they can go learn. What what does an apprentice look like? Um, what type of apprentice do you want to be? You want to be in uh, construction trades? You want to be in sheet metal fabrication? Um, perhaps you want to be a plumber. It doesn't matter what you want to do. It, the only thing that matters is that you have the will and the know-how to do that. And then we'll, we'll put you in position to win. Gerald Blanks is our guest here. We're we're getting close to our bottom of the hour news break, and uh, we're we're super excited to hear about this. Belie- we believe in Erie Fund providing minority scholarships and apprenticeships. Uh, you know, and uh, they have raised three million dollars, and and that means that out of that, one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars annually will be available to education scholarships and apprenticeships for minority students. Um, and what what's cool is it's for those 18 to 25 year olds, which is a very important age group mm-hmm. that sometimes gets overlooked. Right. Uh, and so, uh, it, again, according to the release, 18 to 25 who want a better life and are committed to living in Erie. Wow. That is that is some hopeful, uh, hopeful uh, programming that can move forward. Super excited about these uh, opportunities for scholarships and apprenticeships. And I want to kind of dig in a little bit on what you were talking about with these pre-apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. I think this is key because that's really – that's the younger folks, yes. right? Talk about that a bit. Yeah, so uh, apprenticeship training, okay? Obviously, you can go into the, the trades uh, any capacity. Uh, again, sheet metal fabrication, construction, plumbing, electrician, you name it. Mm. Pre-apprenticeship training is to get young people prepared for apprentices. Okay. So we want to put together a pre-apprenticeship training program that will highlight those various needs so that when they get their certificate after six or eight weeks, 
they're ready and prepared to go into an, apprentice, uh, an approved apprenticeship training program. Are they kind of being exposed to like the different slices Absolutely. of of what they could be doing? So let's say they like the construction trades. Maybe mm-hmm. they could see a little bit of of um, carpentry, a little bit of painting, a little bit. Yes. Because there's so many of the unions, they all, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's interesting. You know, the big thing is there's is theory and practice. It's much like mm. going to college. So you have a theoretical approach. So you're going to have some classroom instruction. Okay, then after you get your classroom instruction, there's going to be a practical application. So you're going to get a chance to go into the shop, the warehouse, and see how how do I how do I put together pipes for uh, plumbing uh, jobs and things like that. How do I uh, do my uh, conduits for electric, uh, electrical work or things like that. So you're going to have a lot of practical application as in in line with the classroom instruction. So that's the way that's uh, that's, that's designed to set up. I mean, this is focused for minority uh, students of color. Mm-hmm. Has that has that been a situation where it's there's been obstacles for especially the 18 to 25 year olds, you know, of kind of saying, hey, what's what's available to me? Well, you know, it, it has been an obstacle. And, and all you have to do is go out in the community and take a look at the various work sites mm. and the work sites aren't very diverse. And so we want to change that. So it's not good enough to just say, well, these work sites aren't very diverse. Well, what are you going to do about it? So you have to put people in a position to win. And I think the biggest thing you can do to prepare young people to win is to show them how. Uh, that's just another pathway. So the pre-apprenticeship training allows young people, 18 to 25, and that's not to exclude anybody that might be 30 or 35, but that's our target market right now, 18 to 25, that uh, have aspirations of getting to the various trades uh, without coming out and having a whole lot of consumer debt. Yeah. So unlike going to college, you could be, if you're lucky, okay, if you're lucky, you got a full scholarship. If you're somewhat unlucky, you may be, you know, five figures in debt. Mm. And then if you're really unlucky, you're six figures in debt. Well, you have a lifetime to pay all that student loan money back. Where you're in the apprenticeship program, you're going to come out with zero debt and the ability to make, you know, family sustaining wages that you can take anywhere in the country. Talk about how this fits with the rest of the ecosystem that seems to be surrounding workforce development. And again, uh, we've been talking, uh, we feel like 2022 is about getting Erie back to work. Mm -hmm. And there is high concern for our young people. A lot of our young people, they just say, you know what, I'm just going to get a gig somewhere, uh, you know, uh, you know, either serving coffee or Chipotle or, and Mm -hmm. I'm getting not to put any of that stuff down, but. You're talking about jobs that are family sustaining that uh, that could be a trade in 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 a, in a knowledge base that could serve them for the rest of their lives. One hundred percent. You know, I look at young people as clay. They're so moldable. So you can shape them. The millennials of today, they're so smart. Uh, they have a different way of thinking and approaching business. And so, a lot of time, what we value, uh, I say we people that are you know and in their 40s and 50s, uh, we're totally different than that younger population, totally. Mm-hmm. But we have the same concept in mind. What they value may be a shorter work day, but still very, very productive. What we see, because we grew up this way, we see a seven and a half or eight hour day, and in some arenas, a 12 to 14 hour day yeah. as a full day's work. Well, it's the same goal, right? But it's a different approach. And so what we have to do is find out what works well for that group, what works well for our group, and bring it all together. It's all about inclusion, and that's the essence of inclusion 
and uh, uh, obviously with equity, diversity, and inclusion. So we want to be able to include the entire workforce so we can make area a much better place to live. Talk about the other assets that are available that you that you can network with and, and uh, uh, bring some coalition. I, f- I feel like you know between the community college and, and and other folks that are in this space. I I've done a lot with Erie Together, which is the anti poverty mm-hmm. initiative, and we talk about, gosh. You know, there is such a need. And the whole thing is, like you mentioned, the 40s and 50s. I'm going to say the 60s, you know, those those baby boomers, they want to retire, but they don't see anybody behind them uh, with that super skilled carpentry or whatever uh, trade set that that, that they own. It's almost a lost art. Oh, my gosh. It really and truly is. And so uh, one of the things I've found is that – when you teach someone, and I hate to be cliche, I really and truly do, but mm-hmm. you know, it's the old adage, you teach someone to fish, they, <laughs> you know, I don't want to go down yeah, that road. I hear but, you. you know, <laughs> the bottom line to it is seeing is believing. If I see someone mm-hmm. that looks like me that's successful, oh. I want to know how can I. Wow. And so that's empowering. That's being able to see people for where they are mm-hmm. and being able to see them where they can be. So you're right. A lot of people that are in their 60s and ready to retire, they look at the workforce at current and they say, wow, we're, this country is going to suffer. Well, I disagree. I think there is a lot of uh, uh, change that we're going through right now across the country. Uh, you have a lot of people that don't want to work, but you have a lot of people that do want to mm-hmm. work. Again, it's just about capturing the right people that can change the world. And so that's what our focus is. And so one of the things we talk about, too, is we don't want to duplicate services. So if other organizations are doing other things that we may be doing, how can we partner up to see how we can have uh, have one line, one uh, one one pathway to that same uh, to get the same result? Right. So we don't want to duplicate and do the same thing that you're doing. And we don't want you to do the same thing that we're doing, because then that's a redundant. That's redundant. And so there, are, there, it's just again, it's about communication. It's about what we want to do and where we see ourselves. I want, I want to see Erie, Pennsylvania, what we look like 10, 15, 30 years from now. You know, when I'm an old man and I'm walking around saying, "Wow, I remember when I was when I started some things back here," and look at it now. Yeah, you know, is how do we get to the preferred future of Erie PA? Yes. And it's going to be these young people, these 20, 22-year-olds mm-hmm. that are going to make the way. What about family attitudes towards the trades? Um, uh, oftentimes, the, the, the worst, the, the, the biggest pessimist about somebody t- taking on a trade is somebody that's in a trade. It's like, I don't want that for my kid or uh, or – or maybe it's a negative approach where, hey, you'll never do it as good as I do. I don't know. Um, but I tell you what, what my parents told me was highly influential on the way that I should go. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, we need to work on family attitudes about the, this workforce? There may be some uh, some agree, uh, some degree of uh, uh, of truth to that. But the big thing for us is to, to look at it this way, you know. The old days of the industrial revolution where you go into these smokestacks and yeah. you're breathing in harmful uh, air and all these. I mean, OSHA has really cleaned that up. And there, there's still some some organizations and some companies out there that still have some work to do in that arena. But, you know, you're talking about clean air, green jobs, all these things now that are going to be good for the planet, good for people working in those industries and so on and so forth. So we want to do a lot of things that are going to be on cutting edge. 
um, leading edge types of things that are going to really propel this community to really greater heights. And, and, and look at how beautiful place we live in. I mean, oh, come on. I mean, Erie, Pennsylvania offers so much for so little. I mean, because you can really make good money here and the cost of living here is wonderful. So it really begs the question why people get their degrees or get other things and leave. Yeah. Okay. So if we can keep that, that talent here in, in town, I think we're going to see that this is going to be what a, a great place for people to come and visit. Do you see an element of the We Believe in Erie Fund going towards this super um, shortage that we have in healthcare? I'm thinking about nurses and and so on. And then we also have this huge shortage. Who would who would have thunk it that we would have a shortage in teachers because we have Imagine these that. incredible teaching colleges, but now. We're a net exporter mm-hmm. for our teachers that go to Edinburgh, Clarion, or wherever. That is correct. And, and they're not sticking around here because they're getting a better gig in North Carolina or whatever. Mm-hmm. How, how do you see that playing out with your scholarships? Well, uh, that's one of the, the, the key points to We Believe in Erie. Think about it. So we're right now talking about the, apprentice, the pre-apprenticeship training, mm-hmm. right? So that's not to exclude the internship arena where you can work in two of the work in the insurance arena, oh, health services, yeah. banks and lending institutions, anything and anywhere you want to work. We want to capture this this population and say, hey, could you put John Doe or Jane Doe over here? Mm-hmm. They have a uh, they have a propensity to do well with numbers. I think they do really good in a, in, in, in a lending institution. Yeah. And hey, by the way, they're really good in school. Okay, so now they've taken a chance on this student. This student likes it. Now they see, hey, I really can see myself and I can aspire to do more. So now they can become they can go from being a teller to being a bank manager, being a bank manager to being a president. You know, so that's where we believe in Erie. That really is where we kind of focused on and really getting people started and kind of seeing where they end up. Gerald Blanks is our guest from uh, GDIC. How do you communicate this? How do you get a fire under an 18-year-old? <laughs> well, for me, it's really easy. I, I motivate young people well. So I, I, I come from my, – my mother was uh, – she she was an iron fister. She wasn't a velvet glove. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I love that. And for those that are listening out there, I, please don't take that the wrong way. But she, she, was a, she was an authoritarian. And, yeah. and so I learned tough love. And so – uh, it wasn't a whole lot of time for sitting around and feeling mm-hmm. sorry for yourself. My mother was very clear when I turned 18. Either you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to the military. You're going to do one of the two. You're not going to sit in here and be a slob. Mm-hmm. I said, huh, looks like college is my <laughs> career. I'm not going to the military. <laughs> uh, all due respect to yes. our, our men and women in the, in the armed services. So, But uh, that wasn't a route that I, I mm-hmm. wanted to choose. But uh yeah, so I, I have I get along well, and I, I have a, a pretty good rapport with young people, and it's and again it's seeing is believing. I can't I can't emphasize that enough. I remember watching Mr. Wilde when I was a youngster, and I was at Gannon, and I said, my goodness, I said, who's this guy? I didn't even know him. I said, who's this guy walking down the sidewalk? Black gentleman, right? Briefcase, looking very successful. I found out who it was. Yeah. I said, so I remember having a conversation. How can I do what you do? He says, "Well, you got to work hard." He said, "But you, you got to do well in school, and you got to treat people right." Yeah. And I took that, and and that's, that resonated with me right away. So, you know, teaching young people and how do we motivate young people? I think young people are motivated. They just haven't seen 
how they can achieve these things that we want to put out there. And I think we believe in here he's going to put them is going to put them in a position to really do well. Are you gathering a bunch of allies to kind of kind of be champions with you on yes, this? You know we are. And again, I, I, I I've said this once. I've said I'll say it again. The Erie Community Foundation deserves a load of credit because they came to us to say, what can we do to help? And, you know, Mike Batchelor at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, along with uh, a couple others in the community came and sat down. We sat down we talked about it. I mean, because things were bad and and things still are kind of bad. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we can either focus on what's bad about what's going on in the world or we can focus on what's good. And I choose to focus on what's being what's good. So uh, we want to get away from the negative uh, connotations and, you know, who doesn't want to work and what this person looks like. You know, diversity works. I've, I've said this multiple times. Diversity works when those that are out there that have the ability to, to affect change really embrace that. Yeah. So many people say they want to do that. But in the final analysis, all you have to do is look at their workforce. The workforce will tell you a different story. And we want to change that. I feel like... Um... I feel like uh, you could really empower a bunch of influencers to say, hey, look at these opportunities. There's money behind it. There is support. Mm-hmm. There is mentorship and and, and, a, and a pathway forward for this family sustaining, you know, you know, settling into Erie and being a part of Erie's future. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's just such an optimistic and uh, – uh, Pardon the word, but it's pro-life. I mean, it yes. literally is life-affirming for these these young people. Yes. Well, think about it. And again, I, I go back to saying this again. If you show someone a blueprint of how they can be successful, then they have the opportunity to choose whether or not they want to follow that blueprint, right? Right. If it's free no, choice. Yes, yeah. free choice. If there is no blueprint, you have a lot of lost people. And what we've had for a, a number of years, wow. you know, are people that go to school, maybe some graduate, some don't graduate, they get done with high school, they get their GED or whatever the case may be, and what's next? There's nothing. Well, it's easy to sit back and say, well, you didn't apply yourself in high school. Well, some people are late bloomers. Some people are late bloomers. So you might be someone who... Uh, has gotten a GED or maybe got your high school diploma and you just kind of worked dead in jobs for five to 10 years. Now you're in your late 20s, you have a family, and you don't know which way to turn. You now have a place to turn. We believe in Erie's going to help you if that's what you want to do because this is there to help you and your family do better. Not only yourself, when your children become young adults, they have another, another feeding ground to go into different things to help them along the way. So we're this, very, very excited about this. This is yeah. brilliant, yes. Gerald. I mean, seriously. I think you guys have, have chosen the exact age group and, and and the demographics that need the need support in, you know, it's kinda like the weak link right yes. now. Yes. Because again, like we were saying off air, it's super easy to go to college. And now with the community college, it's super easy to go to community college. And again, we love that. We mm-hmm. love that that's there, mm-hmm. right? But it seems to be actually attracting more of the older adults, like the, the 30-somethings, that's right? That's that are coming back for, for more education. Yep. It's the non-traditional. This this is that that sweet spot mm-hmm. of Erie's millennials and Gen Zers, if you yes. will. And, and like, golly, 
here's some options. Here's some opportunities, and and here's the we're going to envelop you and on a, on a path to success instead of kind of doing you know uh, like you say, uh, hey maybe you should do this, but we don't give you any pathway to do it. Mm-hmm. Correct. I mean, who wants to listen to that when when you guys are? I feel like what you this uh, strategic partnership that that GDIC has with the Community Foundation to to really uh, to really make a pathway mm-hmm. of success. Mm-hmm. I can't say it enough. I, I feel like this is it. This is where this is a strategic move for our community. We and feel it, really good about that. Too, oh my Joel. gosh! You know, the, the big thing is, I've always said this now, and, and I love to say it. The choices we make determine the life that we lead. And you make good choices, generally speaking, you have a good life waiting for you. You make Mm -hmm. poor choices, you know what the alternative is. So again, the choices we make determine the life that we lead. And we really think that we are on to something really special to help the population of people that haven't traditionally done well in the trades. Yeah. That can now say, I have an opportunity to do some really good things. All right, let's get people in touch with how they can find out more. Yes. So anyone uh, that would have an interest in the We Believe in Erie program uh, sponsored by GDIC and the Erie Community Foundation can go to our website, www.geedc.org. On our website, you'll go to the We Believe in Erie tab. Click on it. There's the application. You fill out the application. You send that in. And we'll uh, we'll start the vetting process from there. It's really pretty simple, and uh, we'll have more information coming along that uh, as we move into the, the the months ahead. Something tells me that, hey, if you're a, a recent graduate, maybe a couple of years back, and maybe <laughs> my 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 one of my older sibs said, school just isn't my bag. I mean, it's, there's there's a few people that live that, sure. but but you like you say, you're a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. You're you're kind of getting an idea, the seriousness of of where you're at right now. There's second chance for you. Absolutely. Never forget, Bill Gates dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so did so did Zuckerberg, right? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Gerald, I am so glad we finally made this happen. Well, thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh the my time. gosh. I I we let's connect soon and sure. see how things are going. And uh, you know, once we get out of this COVID, I feel like uh, there's gonna be more gatherings and things to be able to kind of talk through because honestly, it's about Erie's workforce. It's about uh the younger people taking the baton from mm-hmm. the older folks and um and being our future, and, you know, we're seeing a little bit of that at the very top echelon of our community where mm-hmm. a baby boomer handed off the baton to a millennial to run our county. And you're like, okay, let's see how this works. Great point. That's a great <laughs> you know? Point. Absolutely. I mean, great point. I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in, in Mr. Davis, but uh, it's going to be an educational experience for all of us. Yes, it is. Yes, it because is. we have some of us are set in our ways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Gerald Blanks, again, the CEO of the Greater Erie Economic Development Corporation. Thank you so much again. Appreciate your time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.